Hello everyone and welcome to another IMCO in 5 Minutes. My name is Jonathan Chan and this is for Friday, May the 18th. The Vancouver School Board encountered a little kerfuffle this past week. A group of Windermere High School students, along with their teacher, went on a field trip to visit the pipeline protest site in Burnaby near Forest Grove Elementary, also known as the Watch House and Camp Cloud. According to a tweet made by an activist group called the Council of Canadians, the students participated in making offerings to the Sacred Fire, learned about the infrastructure of the Watch House and Camp Cloud, and they claimed that the students are ready to support the movement to stop the pipeline and the tar sands. If you want to read the full story, visit News 1130's website. It should be near the top since it's, since it's trending. So what's the big deal for public school teachers taking their students to a pipeline protest site? What's the big deal that the students were told to make their offerings to the sacred fire? The Vancouver School Board responded with a statement trying to ameliorate the situation. Here's what they submitted to News 1130. The Vancouver School Board says the trip was part of the leadership course curriculum and not a protest exercise. The Vancouver School Board added, while there was minimum interaction with others, the students did ask questions of people nearby, including why they were there. Participating in rituals, learning about the buildings and how they're built, and taking selfies and group photos posted on social media, for the Vancouver School Board, they were minimum interaction with others. But that's not what is creating the kerfuffle. Here's the problem, and it is noted by the political commentator Ryan Pineo. He sees the trip as a public school endorsing something political. He says, and I quote, Teachers are there to be educators and train kids how to be thinkers, not train kids how to be activists. I just don't think any public school should be endorsing anything during school time, at all ever political. You can teach kids about politics or society without teaching them what to think, and I just think this is a blatant example of teaching kids what to think. So that's the problem, telling teens what to think instead of teaching teens how to think. In this inco, let's leave the pipeline issue of whether to build or not to build aside this morning. There's enough being said and still being said on this issue. And I've already spoken on it in a previous episode, and so you can look it up on our website. For this inco, let's entertain the statement made by Ryan Pineo. What to think versus how to think. I remember teaching an ethics course for a large group of accountants. For my preparation, they provided me with an ethics manual that they use. As I was reading the manual, the basic formula was this. Here are the rules. If such and such a rule is broken, do this. Unfortunately, that's not ethics. That's just a rule book with consequences attached to it. And because it was just a rule book, there were no suggestions as to what to do to prevent future temptation to break them. As an accounting friend once told me, John, even if WorldCom, BREX, and other accounting frauds are now in the past, there are still perpetrators, just in a different suit so that they don't get caught. Yikes. Why is that? It's because we are no longer taught how to think, just what to think. One friend told me just that. Tell me the answer already. I don't want to think for myself. It's too much work. I don't have time. So here's my argument this morning. Without knowing the why and without broadening our knowledge base by inviting opposing perspectives to our mental table, it compromises our ability to think for ourselves. And if we think we are, we're just kidding ourselves. And hence, I offer a solution. It's called the Hegelian dialectic. 
First, I apologize to my philosophy and theology academics for oversimplifying. But for the sake of this IMCO, the Hegelian dialectic is simply inviting views and opinions contrary to your own as equals to the dialogue table for the purpose of finding truth. Now, it could take a month. It could take years. And for some situations, decades to reach to a truth. But it's not necessarily the truth that is the end goal that we are after. It's the process in getting there that is important because it trains our minds how to think as opposed to just being told what to think. So let's use the teachers as Windermere as an example. Here's what I would do in light of the criticism. To make sure the students have space to think for themselves and encourage cognitive and thoughtful engagement, might I suggest they also invite alternative viewpoints and perspectives. For example, a Kinder Morgan executive to speak on the pipeline debate, or a chief from one of the more progressive Indian tribes to speak. Maybe even have Premier Rachel Notley if she's in town, or even my uncles who work at the oil sands. Situated in BC, we are very blessed to have a surplus of voices who are against the pipeline. But we definitely have a shortage of alternative voices. Yes, I hear you teachers. It takes work. It takes time. You're probably not going to get compensated for this extra work. However, as a person who owns a profession responsible for the cognitive development of a human person, I think teachers owe it to their students to have the opportunity and a safe space to think for themselves and be taught how to think for themselves. If the Vancouver School Board said this field trip was part of a leadership curriculum, don't you think one of the qualities of a good leader is to be able to know how to think and not just desire to be spoon-fed what to think? By the way, yes, as a Christian, this includes Christian educators, Sunday school teachers, Bible study leaders, discussion group facilitators, pastors, and all other clergy and elders. Jesus invited every opinion and perspective to the table, and he allowed them to speak. He also allowed everyone else who is listening in to decide for themselves. We should imitate that, for that's what a Christ follower does. Not to shut out opposing voices, but invite them in, and not to nurture cognitively blind sheep willing to settle for just being told what to do while they fumble and bumble through life without knowing why they do what they do. That's my opinion. I'm Jonathan Chan of Company Disciples, a ministry for business and working professionals to empower them to become exemplary leaders by connecting God's work with theirs. If you are interested in knowing more about what we do, visit our website at companydisciples.com. Till next Friday, have a blessed weekend.